Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I all you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you together? go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. This is Good morning everybody, this is Annie for Showreel, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry and today we're going to be focusing on, well our feature is going to be The Second, which is a feature film that's going to get a theatrical release, but also is going to be starting on Stan on July the 20th. And it is the uh, first uh, of uh, Stan's partnerships with uh, the Queensland Film Fund uh, to... uh, Film, uh, to produce films uh, for, uh, it's part of its independent uh, production funds uh, for Australian film industry uh, and a pathway for films of this sort to get onto the uh, distribution network. So uh, we're going to be talking to the stars of, one, two of the stars, uh, uh, Rachel Blake and Vince Colosimo, about The Second, which was quite a riveting film, I'll have to say. And uh, But before we do, I uh, need to tell you that we've got uh, uh, some double passes to, we've got a few double passes to go and see a preview screening of Whitney. Now, Whitney is a documentary that looks at uh, Houston, Whit, Whitney Houston and her family, and it's been made by Oscar-winning filmmaker Kevin MacDonald, and it's about unravelling the mystery behind the voice. Uh, and it was really interesting because last night I actually was watching uh, Julia Samiro talking to uh, Kathy Freeman and uh, going back to her hometown and uh, talking to her and one of her mates and uh, they were saying that in their teenage years they were uh, the local Whitney Houston uh, duo. They she, they were she was their star. Whitney Houston, and uh, she was quite clearly a star to an awful lot of young uh, girls uh, of colour, but also a a broader audience as well. Uh, And this film is going to be previewed screening at the Nova at 6.15pm on the 19th of July. Uh, The Cinema Nova, of course, is is at 380 Ligon Street, Carlton. Uh, well serviced by public transport, uh, number one or number six tram and buses. So 6.15pm on the 19th of July at Cinema Nova, preview screening, double pass. 
If you want a double pass, ring us on 94198377 and leave your name and your name will be on the door. We have up to nine double passes, so if you're interested, give us a call. But now we're going to move on to the second and we'll start off with a trailer. Well, I've been kidnapped by my publisher for the week. Uh, He's not going to let me go until I give him the next book. A week of no distractions, then. Maybe one or two. I've sent the caretaker away so we won't be disturbed. Hey, it's me. I can't wait to see you. How long she stayed? A couple of days. I don't know if that's good. Seriously. Oh, no. Pages. Yeah. Well, it's the beginning of something. Well, come on, don't hold us in suspense. I can see potential. Really? The two women, dark secret away for the week. Oh, can we have some fun now? Look at you. You're already under a spell. Gotta be careful, snakes. Those two girls. Fucking snakes. There's a place down by the lake, down by the lake. So did she tell you about us? No. Perfect. There's a place down by the lake. It's not finished, you know. Of course it's not. What are you saying? She said it was an accident. You said it was an accident. She avoided the question. You say she didn't write the book. It's not true. She's jealous of me. I mean, she's good. But she's not as good as me. This is what happens when you make up stories. Now you know the end. I hope you're not disappointed. How did you get involved in this project? Uh, I got the script sent to me um, uh, from Stephen. He just sent it straight to me on email. And I read it. I had a relationship with him already. I knew both Stephen and Myrie and Leanne. And and that was it, really. So they'd chosen you for the part? Yeah, it was an offer. It was, am I interested? Do I like it? Um, And then they sent me all the associated materials, which are like how it's going to look, what the references are... All that sort of stuff, yeah. Stephen had you in mind when he wrote it. Though, he had you in actual, yes, actually. Apparently, in yeah, apparently Stephen had me in mind when he wrote it. Which yeah, is, yeah, because it's a great role for you. I yeah. mean, you're the lead. Yeah, it's an amazing role. Yes, yeah, that yeah. that that's, you know, very tasty. I can, I can say he didn't have me in mind when he wrote the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, except... Like a, I like an afterthought. Well, well, that might be interesting, yeah. Let's get Colossimo. Yeah, but uh, they do like in the publicity release it's uh, that you're re-meeting, this first re-meeting since Lantana. That's right. Yeah, that's right, uh, Rachel and I. Um, it doesn't feel like it's that long ago that we worked. I don't know why, but um, maybe we've been involved in a project that we've both been in but not doing anything together. I don't even know. You just forget yeah. after all these years, but... Yeah. The last time we actually had words together or a scene together was Lantana and, yeah. and it doesn't really seem like working with Rachel now doesn't really seem like 
it was that long ago, and there's a familiarity yeah. and uh, an ease, and we were comfortable working with each other, so it was great. Well, it comes across that way, and I was going to say that uh, it's got a sort of uh, Patrick White feel about it, this particular script. It works really well, puts put together really well. And I was going to ask you, as the lead, and because it's quite a complicated little script, uh, how did you play it? Because... Uh, we like you sometimes, we hate you sometimes, but you know, <laughs> did you did that happen in the edit or did that happen in your mind or is that how you were directed? Well, we, it's a combination of all of those, I think. I mean, we because there's a because the script, because the story forces you to decide what's real and what isn't. When we shot it, we would we were very clear about what what was real and what wasn't, but but really we would shoot the scenes a few different ways. So the choice was always in the edit. So. Um, because, you know, when you finish shooting a movie, often you don't know what you need in an edit until you're in it and you're telling that story. So it was something that... And then with Vince, we would we would push it around a few different ways um, just, just to try it, just to see, you know, how it would end up. So it happened all the way through the process. It happened on set, and then it happened again in the edit that those guys would have a choice. The other thing is that the house is... and the landscape is the... Uh, fourth wheel in this whole production. Where, where is that house? It's in a place called Jimba. So Dolby um, in uh, twenty five minutes from a, from a, a, a little town called Dolby in um, Queensland. Now Dolby is three hours west of Brisbane. No, three hour drive west of Brisbane. Um, lovely, quaint little town that is. But Jimba is uh, where where the estate is on is. Um, is a, you know a two a two horse town. There's not many not many um, uh, pubs or anything there, but and the, and the estate sits alone, so it, it, you feel like it's quite remote. It's a hundred and seventy year old. Uh, Beautiful house. Uh, what was it? It was a. Um, uh, it's a hundred and seventy seven year old cattle, cattle, uh, cattle station. Cattle yeah, it's a pastoralist lease, right? Yes, that's right. It's and, a museum and, on there now. There's a museum and the, still the original runway where they used to land their little planes and. You know, the aristocrats used to live there, obviously, and, and there's still um, there's still a, a family member all the way mm-hmm. coming all the way down after all these years. It's going to come back, and he lives part part time at the house as well. So, and it's rented out for weddings and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there's still four gardeners that look after the garden. It's just really beautiful. It's, it was amazing to have, and we were so fortunate to be able to mm-hmm. working on a, a place like that. We were. Where you know you walk in and you thought that um, you thought that the art, art department had dressed it and it was not they didn't dress it they had to undress it if anything because it was just perfect perfect for what we needed you know hallway like you said was a hundred meters long and yeah. you know so um, unbelievable yeah perfect uh, did the so was that also something that they, the script had in mind do you think I think um, Myrie looked for a few different locations and I know um, that she was concerned at one point that that house was too amazing. Um, but but once she once she settled on it, it just as Vince said, like when, when you get there, it just gives you so much. It's just an instant ambience, and it just has such a sort of grandeur to it that um, yeah, I, I, I love doing it because it just brought so much. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How long was the shoot? We were uh, we were we were in um, Jimbao. Twenty one days. Twenty one days. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> with a few days. With about a week of rehearsals prior to, to that as well, yeah. so lucky enough. And because we were there, we never sort of got to go back to our own real lives um, in Melbourne and Sydney. We, we we were there, and so it, it, we were very concentrated on this film, getting this film, you know, the beginning, middle, and end of it done. And um, 
And the other sort of release was going back to your little motel room at nights and having a little sleep for eight hours and then getting back and being amongst each other again. And because quite an ensemble, with, although Rachel's the lead role was an ensemble, we were always there discussing things when we weren't on, on, on set. And, um, and it was great. It felt, like, it felt like a true ensemble for me. It did. Mm. Me too. Me Rich. too. It really felt like an ensemble because we were together so much. We also did um, a read-through about six months before we started shooting at mm. Myrie and Stephen's place. Mm-hmm. And then we had various phone calls as time went by and... Um, yeah, so there was there was we'd sort of come together, all talk about it, and then disappear again, and then come back together a couple of months later, talk about it, and disappear again, and um, yeah, so it was sort we of a stagger. Again, we had to raise the money again because we'd spent it all on wine with the discussions and, the <laughs> and fine dining, <laughs> well, fast <it's>... cars. <laughs> um, it, but it uh, does have uh, that sensibility about it. Was it shot chronologically, or was it shot? Uh, in a way that uh, disrupted? It didn't disrupt it because we're used to, to, to filming like that, you know. Um, if you could, you could film chronologically, you know, you'd benefit from that. It, didn't, it wouldn't have worked because, you know, upstairs was downstairs a lot of the times. Downstairs was upstairs. Mm. We needed particular light for ver- various scenes. And so when you're, in your, when you're in one room and you've set up your camera and lights and so forth um, and we didn't have any grips, so, you know, Everyone was doing a bit of everything. It was too hard to uh, dis- dissemble that and start again another day. It was, so we did what we had to do in that area and then moved over to another area. You know, sometimes we ended up back in that area because, we were, you know, Mark Wareham, who was, he was fantastic, uh, DIP, um, you know, come up with different ideas in the morning or we'd see that particular light was coming through one of the windows and you go, I think it would be quite tasty if we did it over yeah. here. This, in, in he this has morning. this great expression that... Um, when he was shooting something, there was one point there was a flare on the lens, and he said, "Is that a gift? Is it a gift?" <laughs> and so he was so open to everything. It's really tasty, tasty. And I remember we shot a scene, the last scene. He said, "Oh, smoking." Uh, he's just got these great expressions. You just feel like you're, because I think it's important with actors, or certainly for me, to feel like I'm in partnership with whoever's behind the camera, that they're my mate there, you know. And 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 he was. It was great. We were like a merry little band of people, and and. Vince is right. Famous quote that he said to you. What was that great quote? Oh, I said to him, we were setting up a shot, and I said, hey, so where's the camera going to be? He said, no camera. And I said, what? He goes, we're not using a camera this time. I'm just going to watch it, and then I'm going to tell you about it later. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best line I've ever heard from a cinematographer in my life. I just thought it was so brilliant. (laughs) And then we rehearsed it. I said, how was it? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. We're talking about about Mark Wareham. Mark Wareham, if you know that. He just shot Mystery Road, he did Jasper Jones. That's such a great... That aren't, series, aren't they incredible shots? Like oh, yeah. up there, and, and how did he use that, that that middle of Australia? Oh. Not yeah. desert, but you know, yeah. a landscape. Uh, the light in in uh, the second uh, is great. It's beautiful, isn't Absolutely it wonderful? Yeah, yeah, I was sort of. There were shots I'd think, God, Mark's doing beautiful work. Like you just see people striding forward and doing great we'll work. We take a photo on our phones, and you know, all and of a sudden, I was, I was, I was, no, I took a photo on my phones, and I, you know, felt like the photographer of the year, you know. Because, <laughs> Because the beautiful sunset. I look at my photo, everyone. Look at my, you know, send it off to everyone on my phone and go, look at this. And it was just because I pointed it in the right way. It's just yeah. amazing. You know? Actually, now that you tell me that he uh, shot uh, Mystery Road, uh, there's something that uh, the second does really well, which is the same. It's obviously to do with his cinematography. 
and the landscape because it's got a, a horizontal at a particular point and mm. then all the other stuff comes up from the top of it. It's quite extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love the way he did his shots. And and, he, I mean, and he's utterly relentless in, in working out his shots and how he can... I mean, I remember because these rooms were so big and a lot of the crew was staying in the house... Mm. And each room was like an apartment. It was so... I mean, he it was like... Leave, he wouldn't leave the room unless he got the very best out of it. And yeah. He wanted to yeah. get the very, very best in the time we had. And times, times we were working fast. But, you, you know, mm. it was like we all wanted to get this, this job done. We all wanted to get it done. And, yeah. and, uh, and I, we I, did. And it was, I, I walked away from it thinking, what an enjoyable, you know, and, and great, great way to work, a great way to work, you know, in that yeah. group with, uh, with obviously... Susie Porter and you know yeah. we love to death and, and Rachel oh, Blake and you know and, and Martin Sachs it's just it's a great, it's great a crew. Cool gang we felt like we were a bit of a gang I think yeah. well it came across in the in the film I, I found it quite riveting and uh, I, I mean this the storyline uh, sensory it, it's quite sen- a sensory oh. Uh, I, f- I was feeling the nuances as it was going oh. along, even though it was quite clearly a detective story yeah. uh, in a way. Uh, but it was also a um, uh, one of those uh, curious uh, American short story style things mm. that uh, Patrick White was able to mm. embroider into a larger... Uh, 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 putting a mirror to Australian... Um, uh, preoccupations in some ways too about truth and honesty mm. yeah and I guess that dividing line between what's acceptable to use as as uh, a piece of writing for that woman what, what's acceptable to use of her personal history and what isn't and when you appropriate someone else's story and say it's yours it's a little morally kind of shady you know yeah mm. exactly is there anything else you want to say no, I just like your description, the sensory yeah, description right. of the um, of, of when you seen. Have you seen the film once? Yeah, and yeah. it's funny because you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, "What's going on?" And when an actor, watch, when I watch the film that I'm in for the first time, it's you know I'm looking at all your I, imperfections. Yeah, my hair, and, <laughs> you know, my hair and the colour of my skin, and you know yeah, against yeah, someone yeah. else's in the background. You narcissist, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> and, um, impossible. No, utterly impossible not to. And I find that so much of my effort when I'm watching a movie is to try and not look at my oh, nose in profile. Drink. Drink. drink it, Vince. Please drink it. <laughs> yes. Tell me you drink it. Tell me you drink it. Yeah, you did drink it, thank God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> moving yeah. on, moving on, moving on. Yeah, Coming yeah. on in this scene. For the next time I watched it, the second time I watched it, I was on the edge of my seat. I seriously was on the edge of my seat. Did not know which way I was going to go. And I was like, I mean, I knew the outcome. Right, but yeah. but I, I, let, I let it just like... Embrace me, and uh, and I went with it, and it was, I, I, I quite honestly was scared. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I panicked. Me too. Do you know what? We watched it for the first time in the Gold Coast Film Festival. I think we were holding hands at one point, and all I was aware of was my heart felt like it was going to explode out of my chest. Mm. I guess that's always the experience when I see anything that I've done, and you know, and seeing it's us all together. It's thrilling. It's it's a it thrilling experience. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, well, well it's good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, distribution through Stan is a gift too, isn't it? Yeah, it is an incredible gift because the uh, the film lives on. There's a publicity budget that Stan is throwing behind it. And so it means that the film won't get lost and it gets a chance to go from the big screen and into people's lounges. Mm. So it's amazing. Win-win. It yeah. is win-win, yep. yep. Yeah. Thanks. And that was uh, a chat 
with uh, Rachel Blake and Vince Colosimo, who are in the uh, the just about to be released film called The Second. It's also you might have seen some like that was uh, Rachel was talking about the uh, stand budget for uh, publicity. You may have seen some quite big uh, billboards around town that are talking about the second. In fact, it was quite odd because I'd just spoken to them and then I went on a tram and I saw this huge plaque uh, plaque with them on it and (laughs) it felt a bit uh, sort of weird, I'll have to say. But anyway, by the by, the film is an interesting film and it's getting a theatrical release and it's also going to be shown on... uh, Stand starting on July the 20th, uh, which is a very interesting collaboration uh, for people who, as Rachel said, uh, it means that films don't just get just disappear. It's a first feature for the director and it's a collaboration in terms of funding with uh, the Queensland uh, government film outlet and uh, stand. So it's a very interesting business project as well as a very interesting product in terms of a film. Now, uh, don't forget that uh, we've got a couple of double passes for Whitney, which is a very uh, uh, probing film uh, that looks into the background of uh, Whitney Houston, who was a phenomenon uh, and uh, sadly uh, died in a very sort of tragic way. Uh, 6.15pm, the 19th of July at Cinema Nova. It's a preview screening, 6pm, 19th of July. Thank you already for the people who have rung up, 94198377. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Each year, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival curates world-class, local and international features direct from some of the hottest, most prestigious documentary film festivals in the world, like Cannes, Doc New York City, South by Southwest and Sundance. This year, opening night is on Friday the 6th of July at 7pm at Cinema Nova Carlton. The festival kicks off with Film Worker, the incredible true story of Stanley Kubrick's mysterious assistant. For more details, go to mdff.org.au. See you there. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. And, of course, you can tell that the uh, film festival, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, has already started, but it goes till Saturday, uh, July the 14th. So you've got plenty of opportunities to check to see if there's something on that program that would interest you. Uh, I dare you to find uh, not be able to find something that is of interest. There's international as well as local productions in that particular festival. Uh, the uh, Melbourne Film Festival, International Film Festival, uh, announced its full program for this year's August festival. It's uh, on during this week on Tuesday night. Uh, it's going to be featuring 254 features 
120 shorts and 19 virtual reality experiences. And uh, the festival will include 27 world premieres and 168 Australian premieres over 18 action-packed days of cinema. And uh, the first week, this is, a, this is of interest in particular, in the uh, the opening week, they're going to uh, uh, open with uh, their opening weekend at the Regent Theatre in uh, uh, Collins Street. So that grand old theatre is going to be uh, the place where they're going to have their opening night gala film, Wild Life, presented by Grey Goose. The that's a drink, <laughs> and the uh, Regent will play host to a series of headline films and special events, including Hear My Eyes, and it's got a live soundtrack event scored by Nicholas Winding Rents, cult classic Drive. So it's going to return the Regent to one of its original functions, which was a a picture theatre that had a uh, live orchestra to uh, run parallel to the pictures on the screen. Fascinating stuff. I've been to a couple of those things. Very hard work for the uh, musicians and uh, quite a interesting uh, idea for the audience. I know it was a normal idea at the beginning, but uh, it's uh, quite a uh, uh, turning the clock back to... Uh, Handmade, like Handmade Radio 3CR. Uh, so it's a very interesting thing to do. Anyway, uh, there's lots of uh, Australian films are going to be premiered. Uh, there's going to be uh, the Australian comedy, The Merger, is going to have its world premiere. This uh, You may not have caught up with this, but it's, uh, it might be right up your alley. It's based on comedian Damien Callaghan's acclaimed drama show, stage show of the same name, The Merger, and it's a tale of a struggling small-town footy team that recruits refugees to survive, and it stars John Howard, uh, not the actor John Howard, as opposed to the boo-hiss John Howard, uh, Josh McConville, Fazel Buzzy, Kate Mulvaney, and Kelligan as well. He's not only the writer and director, but He's in it as well. See? Another piece of handmadeness going on. <laughs> anyway, there's lots of things going on. But there's also a couple of things for people who are real, really interested in film. And if you're going to the Melbourne Film Festival, it's pretty hard to believe that you're not. They're going to also have a, a special interest is this uh, screening of recently rediscovered and restored African cinema. I've seen a variety of, uh, you know, a number, maybe five six African films of various sorts, and they're always uh, riveting. Some of them are very low budget, uh, but it really is an eye-opener for people who know uh, nothing about Africa from the point of view of Africans as opposed to the news bulletins that uh, show them as some sort of extension of a Western economy. So uh, watch out for that. Uh, the other two things that you should watch out for is uh, the Australian film that's going to be showing at the Nova, uh, Dancy Invisible, which is a film about uh, Jill Bilcock, the Ast great Australian uh, editor who uh, is responsible for some of the most remarkable 
films, in fact, may be responsible for some of the most remarkable careers that directors have. Anyway, you really should go and see it. If you're a filmmaker of any sort, or you're interested in editing, you're interested in the spellbinding uh, arrangement that uh, dovetails uh, uh, hands-on work with uh, creative endeavour, that film is something you should actually go and see. It's really worthwhile. It's a dream film about a dream subject. Okay, if you haven't got uh, your time for a double pass, and um, 94198377 for Whitney, uh, which is going to be on at 6.15 on the 19th of July at the Nova, then tune in for the next program on 3CR, which is published or not. Bye-bye. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.